Hello, my humans, and welcome back to Natter the Zillennial Podcast. My name is Natalie. I'm your host, and this is part two of my interview with Joselito, the second to Los Angeles, talking about business and negotiation in the arts. So personality-wise, what do you think has helped you um, succeed in this so far? Oh, God. Because <laughs> I, like, I, as a more introverted person, never would have thought to do a, a lot of these social things that you've done, you know, as a second nature kind of, kind, kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I don't even know what to say here. Like, oh, I don't know how to answer this. Like, <laughs> I've always kind of seen my you know it's funny I've always seen myself as an extroverted person yeah but since I've graduated school I feel like I've personally become more introverted because I just have like less energy to deal with people mm. but personality wise like if you're paying for me to be there you're paying for me to be happy so yeah like, yeah fair. like you want me to wipe a <laughs> smile on my face like when i show up to your event because you paid me and i will freaking do it yep, that's me at work Woohoo! <laughs> yeah exactly right it's like oh i don't want to go to work today and then when you're there like ha, you know <laughs> right i had my coffee i'm good yep personality wise that's that's kind of interesting do you have another way to maybe ask that question um i suppose we could ask it this way if somebody were looking to start their own business thing the way you have but they yeah. are a shyer quieter not a socially inclined person what advice would you give to them oh easy hire people that are that do the things that you cannot do mm. The reason why this has worked so well for me is because I've had input from such smart people around me. And the reason why I look good is because I hire people better than me. I have <laughs> no shame in saying that someone is better than me because guess what? I'm just going to buy them. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to buy their services. Um, I've been working with a director in Edmonton. Um, I did a couple of commercials for the mall with him and stuff. And like, this was also something that he told me. He's like, I have $100,000 worth of gear on me. I just hit that this year. But wow. I hire someone with a million dollars worth of gear. But it's under my name. And in turn, it makes me look so much better. So if you're shy and introverted, that's fine. Th th like, being introverted just means you need a little bit of space. You need some time to recharge on your own, right? Mm -hmm. When you lack in an area, it just means you need help in another, right? Mm -hmm. Sure, you're shy and you're introverted, but your strengths are the actual performance itself. Um, your strengths are, you know, um, writing and arranging and being statistical and being like accountable and stuff. But, you know, talking to people isn't actually your strong suit. Um, design isn't really your strong suit. Even like fashion, the way you dress isn't really your strong suit. Right. And like, mm -hmm. that's okay. Um, getting help from someone else is the best thing that you can do. And this is also like the hardest advice to give in my opinion, because when you're doing gigs on your own, you're normally only counting for yourself and what it's going to pay you. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, 
when you have overhead, it's like, shit, now I cost 1.5 times more than the next guy that does the same job. Now I cost two times more than the guy that does the same job. But you're hiring people to address your weaknesses, right? So it's not really something that you should feel bad about, but it's something to consider. And it is, it is tough because sure you've been getting a lot of gigs at 400, but as soon as you need to hire an assistant and it's costing you 600, you're going to lose a lot of clients, right? Mm -hmm. But when you lose something, you make room for another. So when you're willing to lose your worry about your weaknesses, you, the opportunity, the opportunity cost for you to gain something in collective strength together is, in my opinion, it's just going to outweigh, it's going to outweigh um, the things that you're scared to do. So it's tough because music is a social art. And that is also why musicians have been out of work this year because mm-hmm. doing live streams is great, but it's just not the same, right? You nope. know when it's in front of you and you can you can feel the kick of the drum <laughs> in your chest and you can hear the singer do the same thing that they did on the record and you heard it in front of you, but you heard mm-hmm. it in the way the room shaped it. And, you know, it's just, it's so different. Like there are a lot of things that you can't do when you're not talking to people and like it's freaking illegal to see other people right now right like yeah so then what do you do do you talk to someone who's maybe smarter than you you know there's no shame in asking for help you just say hey how do i navigate this like what can i do to make my presence better online blah 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 like Mm -hmm. it's it's fine right um because you're going to get more out of it than what you what you put in. So mm-hmm. all of this is very fascinating to me just because it, the answers are so simple but it takes experience to learn how to it's, do it all. It's definitely the difference between wisdom and knowledge and I'm yeah. not like I don't know. We went to school together for the same amount of time and like we've been out of school for the same amount of time. Like I'm not going to pretend I'm some guru because I'm not. <laughs> But I'm beginning to, I guess, I guess like I'm beginning to be Mm self-aware. And I think having the confidence to understand why some things are okay and why some things aren't like, and, you know, that's been the most important thing to me. Um, And that's sort of what has driven my growth. Because this year, as you probably know, I've taken a different direction and I've gone like, more on like the photography slash media side of yeah, things. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that in a little bit. Cool. Sorry, I hope this is not like taking too long. Oh or no, totally, man. Because like, frick, I could be here till midnight if you wanted, but like, um, we can talk as long as you want. We'll just put it into separate episodes. Whoa, cool. Okay. <laughs> Ask your next question, I guess. Okay. Um. So you have tons of business stuff going on. Uh, And like you just said, you're going into photography and video stuff now. How have you been able to commit so strongly to these ideas? Like the photography I know was completely new to you. How do you commit so strongly to those things and create a business with them so quickly? I'm so excited to talk about this. (laughs) Mainly because, okay, so I started doing photography June of 2019. 
I I made the jump to buy the camera. And actually, the reason why I bought the camera was because I I wanted to take photos and videos of my musicians and friends. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. That's mainly why I wanted to do it. And like, as I did it, I was like, wow, I really love this. I kind of wonder what's more for me out there, right? Mm -hmm. And honestly, like, one of my end goals was to just like not gig um, with Apollo, was to just book, right? Mm -hmm. And to do something else. And like, if I made $100 a year with doing Apollo, like, cool. I'm totally happy with that as long as my friends are getting work, um, as long as the business is thriving. Um, that's totally fine with me. And I, at least this way, it gives me some time to keep myself connected with music and the, the network here. Um, mm -hmm. but it also gives me more time to explore my own interests. Um, and originally what I had seen myself doing was being a composer full time, um, and producing and stuff while booking musicians on the side. And while composing has taken like a, like a, a step back I guess if you will say like I haven't quit that I just I found something else that was going to make me money throughout the mm -hmm. year and it was like you know a lot of people are in quarantine they're just at home I might as well learn and do as much as I can and kind of figure it out and you know what it was kind of like strange because my plan after I graduated this year in April was to sort of like put myself in school like but my own personal school yeah and to to learn things in a different way um i get asked sometimes if i would ever go back to school um for photography or videography and the answer is no um i wouldn't and the reason is even though i've learned so much as a musician the truth is there's so much to learn and it's endless right right if anything is going to learn anything from any part of any faculty in school it should be learning how to learn in my opinion because, i agree with that completely yeah because why do you think people when they graduate grade 12 they just go straight to school because school offers structure right mm -hmm. and you're willing to take on, can I swear? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. You're willing to take on a fuckload of debt <laughs> <laughs> because, because you have structure, right? Sure, not everything's gonna be interesting in school. Sure, you're not gonna do well at everything in school, but you know what your general interests are and you know what you know already and you kind of want to take it to the next level, right? So mm -hmm. coming out of, music school and going directly into photography i thought okay what was the first thing i did growing up learning piano i figure out how to make my fingers a little bit more flexible and then i learned where middle c was then i learned a c major scale and mm -hmm. then i learned a song and then i learned how to do I don't know, X, Y, Z. Yeah, right? <laughs> and you kind of go in order. You have to walk before you run. Yeah. And so when I started taking photography seriously this year, I was like, what is a logical path for me to take? Like, what just makes sense? Um, and I actually started off with video, but I wanted to take a step back. And I like when I was considering what gear to buy, I was like, I'll buy a photo light first. 
how does how do the dials on my camera function how does composition um how's that affected when i move the camera this way versus this way versus using this lens versus that lens how does things change when i add an extra light how does things change when i add an assistant how does things change when i'm photographing more than one person right mm -hmm. and you kind of like you go step by step right and when you get really into it there's more than there'll be more than enough things for you to like branch off to right like mm -hmm. for videographers some people only do editing some people only shoot some people only do art direction um some people only do script writing right even if we came from the same start path which is what mm -hmm. we're seeing with people in school right yeah like it's actually Natalie, interesting <laughs> you do it you do a ton of stuff right like i've seen you perform and i've seen you grow as a performer and then i saw you like out of nowhere freaking become like a crazy engineer like it <laughs> it was like Thanks. insane and then like you're doing podcasts now and it's like where will you go next right so as long as you know what kind of structure you're going to give yourself, then I think you can succeed in learning anything new as long as you're willing to take your time with it. Because the business side of things is like, I am just applying what I knew from music to my mm -hmm. photography, because at least those two kind of blend together. Yeah. But with photography, I took it step by step. And I'm going to be honest, there's like a lot of weird things that like, I was like, this is just like this in music. This is just like this in music, even mm -hmm. though they're totally different mediums, right? Yeah. And so like, you've done it before. Um, if you're going to get anything out of school, please at least let it be how to learn. Because if you're going to pay a shit ton of money, like, make it worth your time. And if you're not going to be good at those things, then learn how to learn something else, right? And that's... yeah. Yeah. And I think about school, if you're not becoming something like a doctor, we're obviously like knowing everything matters. If you're in like pretty much literally any other field, you just, you need to know how to be committed to something long enough to get a job done or the result that you want to get the skill that you want. Like being a musician, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what your grades are. If I went and... I only wanted to learn how to compose. I did not want to be a performer. I did not want to learn anything else. Yeah, maybe I'd be close to failing those classes, but I would be the best composer I could be at that point because I would know exactly what I wanted to get out of it. And I think too many people look at university as this thing they have to do just so they can get, you know, whatever job down the line when really it should be getting the specific skills that you want. Yeah. A hundred percent. And and that's why I was like, okay to make mistakes, because at least the next time it happens, um, I know how to deal with it. And maybe those mistakes will never happen again. Um, maybe I'll share something that like, only my closest friends knew. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and like my, like, Ah, I'll, I'll just get to it. So like okay. the end of, no, 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 sorry. The beginning of third year, I was like majorly depressed. Um, mm -hmm. And that's because, you know, uh, the keyboard that I have now, I ordered online and I got scammed. Oh no. I lost almost $5,000. And like when you're in school, 
That's a lot. That's so much money. I yeah, I know. And like I I think in third year and fourth year, I didn't have part-time work because I was doing well enough with music mm-hmm. that like I could survive, right? And I was just so stressed out about money all the time and I was thankful like I still live with my parents now, but I lived with my parents then and like I was so stressed about about money all the time and like I didn't know how I was going to make it through, especially because I actually found the keyboard that I wanted online legitimately at Long and McQuaid, mm. Halifax. Shout out to them. Um, I Because I, I don't know, I follow like all the Instagrams for Long and McQuaid. Yeah. And like, it was just like, oh, this is like in great condition. That's a thousand bucks off. And I financed it and I had it shipped over and it was so expensive. And it was so hard to have lost all that money that I made over the summer. Um, right. And like to be financing a keyboard that took like a year to pay off. It was mm-hmm. like, it was so depressing and it was just so hard. And like, it really killed so much for me. I couldn't focus in class and like. It's a gut check for your ego. A hundred percent. right and it wasn't a good feeling honestly but like I had so much support from my friends I had a lot of support from my girlfriend who honestly is like the sweetest thing (laughs) um and you know like god forbid that happens to anyone that I know now and me um again but like it just taught me how to be resilient and stuff and like I, while I hope that doesn't happen to me again, I'm sure something bad's going to happen to me again. And at least this time, I know what my resources are to deal with it. And like, you know, it's kind of scary to reach out. It's kind of scary to share. I didn't really start sharing that with very many people until like after I paid off my keyboard. Yeah. Right. Um, Yeah. And it was like, it was bad because like when I got this keyboard, it was actually from Sweetwater's used page. Um, you know what Sweetwater oh, is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweetwater doesn't actually regulate their used page, oh. which is why uh, I thought it was legit. I was like, oh, cool. And so I got this thing and then they told me it was stuck at shipping and they sent me like these fake invoices, you know, and I had I had fallen for it totally. Yeah. Um, and there was a point where I wasn't even sure if I had fallen for it or if I was just desperate to have this thing. Cause they're like, Oh, you need to pay this much money to get it past the border, blah, blah, blah mm-hmm. and stuff. Right. And then I was like, is this real or is it not? Um, whatever. Right. And like, mm-hmm. funny enough, like videographers and photographers get scam emails all the time. And so like, I now know what to look for um, yeah. when like, looking at these things because some of them are actually kind of getting like a little convincing but you know um mm. it's it's definitely a, a shitty thing to go through but at the same time i'm really grateful that it happened while i was in school and not now when i'm like trying to build my life my, yeah build my family right like yeah i just don't have time for that so yeah i'm so sorry to hear that that happened and unfortunately it just it isn't an uncommon thing. Yeah, it's, it, it's it not. Isn't. They target the people who are who are like us, who are starting out, who don't know everything yet. I I will say there 
there was some good news that actually came out of it. Um, so that happened in September, early September before school started. Um, when I filed a report, it was October. I filed a police report and I told my bank because that's about when I caught on. It took me a, my dummy butt. It took me a month to catch on. Mm -hmm. And like the bank was like, you know what? If anything's going to happen, I don't think we'll be able to get your money back until like, I don't know, December. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, so it's not coming back. Oh, um, and I remember Christmas or Boxing Day, I was with Odessa, who's my girlfriend. Um, she just got a switch. I just bought a switch because I'm like, I was like, fuck this. It's been a hard, <laughs> it's been a hard semester. I'm I'm gonna treat myself, right? Yeah. Um so we were like up until 3 a.m. just playing on our switches. And when I got home, it was 3 a.m. And I don't know why, but I just had this weird urge to check my bank account. Yeah. And when I did, the bank actually was able to get back 2700 nice and that's great i just like started crying because like <laughs> i was like this is a horrible dream i i want to wake up like tell me this is not real right yeah and stuff and like concerning like the semester that i had like was just so brutal yeah. um you know and i i got kicked out of my major too that that semester as well so like that like was just salt salt on the wound yeah um you know and hopefully whoever is listening to this you know like you're not alone like school's hard for many many different reasons school it's, is so hard it's so hard so yeah thank you for sharing yeah i'm so sorry, sorry that happened to you no it's okay i kind of like deviated i don't even remember what your question was well like no no it's totally fine because i think i think it's important to to share these stories too, because we hear all the time of the young people who are like 17 and they make the 40 under 40 list. And it's like, okay, but have <laughs> they, have they encountered any adversity yet? You know, like what about the successful people who had to get through things one at a time before, you know, they, they were totally up and running. Like it's important to have those stories told. Yeah. A hundred percent. Cause like you should never give up honestly like you should never quit no matter what you do things are just going to be hard right yeah so at least pick something that you're passionate about right pick something that's worth fighting for um yeah because then you know like your struggle is not going to be in vain yeah um and for me it worked out you know i in the end i was really happy i still love music um and now i'm just doing something different and i, I think the good message too is that that you have to take action when the bad things happen with whatever your endeavors are. You didn't just sit by and let this shit happen. You reported it and you know, you were actually active in the situation. So yeah, that's, that's another thing that we, I don't think we teach people enough that you actually, you, you can't just let things happen to you. You have to go out and make them happen sometimes. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like I was just tired of waiting for gigs to come my way. So I'm like, well, how can I do it on my own? Yeah, exactly. So I have a very important question. Uh oh. Do you or no? It's okay. It's all business related. Don't worry. Okay. Do Do you or did you ever have problems being taken seriously as a manager or event coordinator because of your age or experience level? Hmm. No, 
I think I've been really lucky that I haven't, or at least I haven't yet. I'm sure that will happen, um, but I haven't had that happen yet. And I think it's because like, just like the timing of like when my experiences have come by, mm -hmm. I guess, like, um, do you know that like joke about like, hey, Bill Gates, um, have your daughter marry my son. Have you yeah. heard that book? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's sort of like how that worked out for me. It's like, well, I didn't actually have the experience to do this thing, but then I got something that was better than that thing. And then all of a sudden I was equipped for this thing and it made me equipped mm -hmm. for this thing. Right. And it's just like a strange snowball. Um, I haven't, I don't think I've had anyone not take me seriously. Um, I've been scared before, like in yeah. gigs, because in some cases I was the youngest member there. In a couple of cases, actually, I was the youngest member and like I made a mistake and like, you know, it's like, oh, Jesus, I'm going to get sent home or whatever. Yeah. But I don't think so. And I would also never dismiss someone younger than me because mm. There are kids on YouTube opening presents, making millions of dollars. And here I am like happy that a dollar fell on my lap. <laughs> so, Yeah, that's fair. I, that probably ties into what you're talking about with confidence too, though. If, if you go into it with no confidence, then of course you're going to be underestimated. There was one time that I can remember, um, if you want to talk more about adversity, that like yeah, sure. I actually hit, this taught me to put my foot down. Um, I was kind of guessing it was for a wedding and um, it was me on piano and someone on cello and the client bride was like, how much does this cost? And I'm like 700. And I honestly, I pulled it out of my ass. I had no idea. I was yeah. like, Oh no, this was, I think first or second year. I think it was first year. Oh, first goodness. year summer. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. It sounds kind of high on me, but I'm going to say it. Cause what if I get it? And then she's like, Mm, that's a little high. Uh, can you go any lower? And I'm like, mm, let me think about it. And then I was like, how's 500? And she's like, oh, yeah, sounds good. And then I was like, cool. And this is the stupid thing. So this is mm -hmm. where I was like, I knew I was getting taken advantage of. She was like, oh, is this your cousin? did you know that your cousin is dating my cousin? So could you give me a friends and family discount? And I'm <laughs> like, bitch, what? <laughs> I was just like, so, so tired of this, like already. And I was like, okay, no. Um, this is what my, my cello players cello costs. This is yeah. what my keyboard costs. That doesn't include the time that we spend on our instrument, the time that we spend there. This doesn't include the cost of our schooling and the cost of what it took to get us here, right? Like yeah. you realize me asking for $500 is less than 1% of what we're actually worth on paper. Mm -hmm. And then she was like, oh, okay. And like, it sucked because yeah, we got the gig for 500, but I was bitter. Yeah. I was bitter about it. And I've taken a lot, I've taken a lot of gigs where like, I was like, like the $500 gig one was like, I would say that one probably was not one of the worst pays that I've had for a gig. Right. Um, mm -hmm. 
But I've had gigs where I'm like, holy shit, I charged $200 and I actually should have charged $5,000 based on the amount of work that I did, right? Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. And like, think of how many people that could be listening to this that are like, ooh, that's me right now. And like, <laughs> you know, I know it sucks, but like, you got to find ways to make that worth your time because you're going to be bitter about it, right? So yeah. like um i think people do take you more seriously when you quote high because they're like they know you don't have time to waste yeah right um sometimes you can see right through people and it's just like it's cool i actually don't have time for you but thanks for your time um yeah you know when you have that um you know obviously i I start every conversation off with the best foot that I can. And like, that's sort of like where my confidence comes in. And I think that's why people trust me right off the bat. Mm -hmm. But, you know, um, I haven't had the issue yet, but I'm sure I will, honestly. Sadly, probably, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. And each price tier, I guess, if you want to put it that way, comes with a different price client and yeah. each of those people are going to treat you differently so i'm sure that when i let's say i charge a thousand dollars for a music video the moment i start charging five thousand it's going to be a different person the moment i start charging twenty thousand it's going to be a group of people and they're all going to be like well why do we trust you Right. Yeah. And if I'm ever lucky enough to do like hundred thousand dollar gigs, it's like, well, why am I hiring you? Like, you're pretty young. Like, can I trust you? Like, mm -hmm. no. So that's why I'm sure it will happen to me because I think the people that I work with now are fairly nice and there are meaner, bigger people to get through. It's a video game. Like, it's just <laughs> going to get harder. <laughs> but the and reward is greater. Yeah, but you are also um, becoming successful very quickly. So I, I could, yeah, I could see like, definitely nothing about like your talent or what you're worth. I think you're totally worth it. But I could just see because you are becoming successful so quickly, there will be the odd person who's like, okay, kid, how did you get here? Yeah, it's, it, it's kind of crazy. Like I credit my my growth in photography and videography, mainly to my experience in music. Yeah. Um, and maybe I leave music behind and I do photo and video full time and I just book a Paul on the side. But like, that's like, it's happening so fast. And like, it's, I find it comical how it took me so long to get my footing for music that when I finally did a pandemic hit, but I'm applying <laughs> it to something else, right? It's like, yeah, same. I'm gonna be all these things actually no cough right oh yeah. now you have corona it's cool <laughs> oh, so, shit. yeah i i don't know <laughs> i think that leads um well into talking about negotiation uh did you always have a pretty easy time um going back and forth with people or was that quite intimidating when you first started having <laughs> to do it oh hell no it's, it's still hard I mean, like, I'm kind of at a point now where I'm okay to say no to things. So yeah. 
if I say I charge X amount of dollars for a photo shoot and you just can't afford it, like that's okay with me, right? But if it's a yeah. big gig, um, that's where it gets tricky. Um, music and photography are sort of similar in the sense that like, you know, the copyright holder has to make money even after the product is finished. Yeah. So just because you paid me for photos, um, it doesn't actually mean that, and it's up to whatever you guys agree on it, but it doesn't actually mean that you have the right to print it. It doesn't actually mean you have the right to give someone else to use for a website for something else. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't mean that they have the right to sell it or advertise it because the copyrights remain with the photographer. Um, mm -hmm. That's not something a lot of people understand, right? Um, is that like normally when people take photos, like, they grant you a license to use it for personal usage um, unless otherwise discussed. And when it starts getting into like, oh, I actually want to use this as an image on my menu in my restaurant, like, you know, then it starts becoming harder to negotiate, right? Because mm -hmm. there's a lot of give and take. There's a lot of back and forth. Um, and if you haven't experienced this yet, um, Sometimes gigs can take anywhere from a week to a year to book because, you know, like when it's bigger in size, there are more responsibilities and there are more details to kind of iron out, right? Yeah. So negotiating is something that will always be hard because each job is different, right? If I was a McDonald's menu and I said $3 for a burger, there's no issue there you buy it or you don't yeah but because i'm not and my services have to be fluid with your needs um then i have to be like okay this is at least my base price this is what at least i need to make to profit where in there do i go up or down for this client right so mm -hmm. it's it's an ever-growing thing um and it's it's always hard basically i don't think there's ever been a time where i sent an email and like i didn't ship myself basically like <laughs> like sometimes i say this is four thousand dollars and i don't hear anything back and other times i hear four thousand dollars and i'm the one that replies like a month late yeah and they're like yeah cool let's book and i'm like oh for real you sure? <laughs> right so it's it's crazy i think it i it sort of helped me that i've been able to do it with photo video and music um you know because they're all a little different it's it's helped that i've had a myriad of experiences to kind of refer back to but it's always hard. Makes sense. <laughs> it's it's just a skill that you don't have to develop until you have to develop it. Just straight up. This is also why, though, I feel like it's so much easier when I'm not negotiating for myself. Mm -hmm. Because if it's not worth my friend's time, I'm not going to disrespect them. I'm yeah. not going to waste their time the way I wouldn't want to. So it's way easier for me to say no. You know, it's like, no, yeah. this is what I charge. 
right? And this is what's right. going to put food on both our tables. <laughs> so, but then like when it's down to me, it's like, it's like sweaty palms 24 seven. But yeah, because then you, you know where the wiggle room is. And right. You don't necessarily want to know that. There's yeah, there's no there's no barrier between you and the client. It's like it's full. It's like an art. Yeah, it's so totally like, you know, beginning, middle and end. And you have to make sure that you do your best to not miss a step, not miss a beat because the world is competitive. You know, yeah. like, why do I hire your piano skills versus someone else? Why do I want your perspective versus someone else? What are some necessary tools that a person should have like LinkedIn or fancy business cards or something to help set them apart from competition? Definitely figuring out what you're best at. Like the most important thing ever, in my opinion, is consistency. Because um, that honestly is what separates good from great, you know, um, mm. And what I mean by that is like, I'm a good piano player, but I don't really post a lot of piano stuff. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, actually, we'll put it this way. I'm a great piano player, but I don't <laughs> post a lot. I'm a good photographer, but I have great consistency because that's what I've been doing. Yeah. Um, and people think I'm better than I am. And like, if you have a plat, like, when you have consistency, um, you know, social media is super important, right? So yeah. whether it's Facebook, whether it's Spotify, um, whether it's LinkedIn or Instagram, right? Like, I think all of those things are equally important for different reasons. Um, and the best thing that you can do is to learn how to be consistent. Um, you go to LinkedIn because you want to meet uh, a professional that's in a high-end position at a top company that you're interested to be working for, right? Mm -hmm. Those are the types of people that are there on LinkedIn. You go to Instagram because you want to reach a broader audience that are around your age to widen how popular you currently are, right? You mm -hmm. go to Facebook because you want to share that with family and friends. You go to YouTube because you have long-form content to share. You go to Spotify because you have podcasts or you have an album, right? And mm -hmm. I think like the moment you can figure out how to be consistent on one thing um, is the best. Because for me, I'm on all platforms, not Spotify because I don't have original music. Um, my best platform is Instagram right now because mm -hmm. um, I'm just so consistent with it. And that for me is my strongest tool. So I guess like it doesn't really matter what tool you're using because they're all equally important. It's just if you can make the most out of it. I know I didn't really give you an answer. I tried not to avoid it. <laughs> but like I feel like that's like the more important part of it. I think that your your answer was good. Consistency. People don't think of it as a tool. I didn't. I was actually looking for an answer like, yeah, LinkedIn's great. But I think consistency is a far better answer. People aren't consistent. They have, um, you know, their, their hobby of the week and then they move on and that's fine. But it's not very um, useful as a business model, I suppose. Yeah. Even even if you're not doing it for business, even if you're just consistent, you're just going to grow no matter what. Yeah. Think of how many people that are on TikTok that got famous because they were just posting regularly. 
um, yeah. you know, and it wasn't a business before, but now it is because there's different opportunities to them. Um, I know a guy that I always watch. He's only on YouTube, I think, um, and maybe on Twitter. I don't really use Twitter, but he's called 8-Bit Music Theory on YouTube. And he just does in-depth music analysis of video games. And he's only on that. YouTube. It's so good. He's a drummer, but like, man, his theory skills outweigh mine and a lot of people <laughs> that I know. And like his harmonic analysis are like, they're super great and they're super fun and they're super interesting. And he's only on YouTube and he has a Patreon and he's mm -hmm. very consistent in both those platforms. And yeah, he's super successful. He's not widely known but he's widely known on YouTube um, and yeah. in the video game slash music community because that's all he does there, right? And then mm -hmm. TikTok, all the people that like, they make 10, like useless 10 second videos, but like <laughs> you could have 10,000 followers because you kept up with it, right? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. and for me, a lot of my bookings are coming from Instagram, funny enough, because I'm reaching out to more people and more people are reaching out to me. And so like, I'm hoping to continue to grow on there. And it's important. I, I say consistency, actually, because what if Instagram shut down? Yeah. What if Facebook crashed? What if YouTube wasn't a thing tomorrow? Then, then what? Right? Like, mm -hmm. you shouldn't have to rely on one thing, even though it's the thing right now. Yeah. So, cause, like I said, if you bring those schools or those skills from something else and apply it to another and consistency in one is my opinion, like the most important thing, you'll be fine. You'll be okay. I love that answer. All right. So we're going to move on to um, your favorite project or favorite thing you've learned so far. <sighs> no, why would you ask me this? Because I'm a sadist. Oh, God. <laughs> Okay. Currently, currently, like my favorite thing to do is videography. Mm -hmm. Um, because the gigs that I'm taking on, I'm just learning so much. Um, and I I just think they're so much fun. Um the best gig that I may have done all time. It's kind of a toss-up because they were both like all of them were so cool for so many different reasons. I think it was the Voca Party thing that I did for Animathon's 25th anniversary. Yeah. It was, um, do you know Hatsune Miku? I did not until I heard about it all through you. Yeah. So it's like, um, she, uh, Vocaloid is a thing made by Yamaha. It's just a synthetic voice. And Hatsune Miku is the actual embodiment of the voice created by a company called Krypton. Um, and so she's like a holographic idol. And she's huge in Japan. And to be mm -hmm. fair, her music freaking slaps. She's not, <laughs> even, she's not even a real person. Her music freaking slaps. And so I got asked um, to compose the intro track. Um, and I was also playing on stage for that gig and like we didn't sell tickets it was a free event actually it was animathon that funded us mm -hmm. and the capacity like i think people have been asking for this concert for years and we were 
over max capacity in oh five minutes in five minutes it it was super cool to hear like when the musicians were being introduced on stage to hear my song being played like i was actually left breathless to hear like three thousand people like cheer mm -hmm. and to be on stage like with that many people was just so much fun it was so cool and like it's definitely like you know it's one of those things that you never forget um yeah that was also my first anime thon so i actually <laughs> i bought a hatsune miku figure from the anime thon i'm actually looking at it right now and uh you know it's kind of there to um it's, it's there as a reminder of like what what is possible i absolutely love that that's so fantastic it's the dream it really <laughs> is it really is and like if I never had another gig again, I would be okay. Cause like, I understand how privileged I am to have had these experiences and opportunities, you know, they're, mm -hmm. they're not easy to come by and, you know, everyone's fighting for a shot. Yeah. So I'm very appreciative of that opportunity. That's so amazing. Okay. Uh, another big question for you. How have you yourself changed as a person since starting all of this work? I got fatter. <laughs> <laughs> Not what I was expecting, but I'll take it. I got I I mean like physically, yeah, like everyone freaking gains weight to university. That that's like a joke answer, but like that's also the truth. Um how have I changed as a person? Um <laughs> Well, I wouldn't have said that before. <laughs> hmm. The biggest way that things have changed for me is that I'm beginning to realize what's possible. And I'm beginning to break barriers. And I'm beginning to like, you know, I'm beginning to doubt less. And even though I've had really amazing experiences, I still have doubts just like any other person. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm beginning to give myself the best shot that I can. Like, will I ever do a world tour with a famous celebrity? Probably not. But at the same time, like, why not? You know, yeah. it's like, don't count yourself out. And the moment you can do that, like the brain's a very powerful thing. As long as you believe you have the skills to do it, like, why shouldn't you go on tour to see the world? Why, why shouldn't you make $10,000 at a gig? Like, why, why the hell not? Like, yeah. I think it's, it's beginning to feel less scary. Um, when I talk to prospective clients and it's beginning to feel more like a discovery. It's beginning to feel more, um, you know, less, um, less scary and like, less like heart palpitating. And it's beginning to feel more comfortable and more like, you know, I belong here. Um, I had a friend, I met her for coffee once. We hadn't seen each other for a while. And um, I actually said something that I'll never forget that I said, hmm. um, which I think is kind of a stupid cocky thing to say because like it's usually like oh my friends gave me this wisdom but I was, I was kind of shook when I said it because 
it showed that I had grown. Um, we were chatting and I was like, hey, that's an Edmonton Oiler behind us at the till. And she's like, oh, cool. Or like, she knows I'm an Oilers fan. And she's like, oh, are you going to go say hi, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I'll let him be. Like, he's like a pretty good hockey player. And like, yeah, I was excited to see him. But like, dude needs his space too, right? Like, yeah. even even if I saw Connor McDavid, I'd still give him his space. Like, and she's Haven't like, oh. Have you seen him? Um... Didn't you see him at the mall once? Sorry to interrupt your story. I know it's okay. <laughs> I've I've seen I've seen Leon Drysaddle actually. Um, this was like one of the few times where I was like beginning to like pace myself around popular people or people of yeah. authority. Um, Leon Drysaddle won a game and his family was in town, and my brother's like, "Hey, that's a really tall dude." I'm like, "Holy shit, that's Leon Drysaddle!" <laughs> and like I looked at him and I was like. I was like, hey, dude, great job on the win last night. And I walked away. My brother's like, yo, he was going to shake your hand. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I had just, like, played it too cool or, like, yeah. I fucking blew him off. Oh, my God. But, like, going back to the, the cafe, yeah. she's like, oh, cool. Aren't you going to take a photo with him or, like, say hi or whatever? I'm like, no, it's cool. And, like, um... Earlier on that year, I did a gig with a famous Filipino celebrity. And mm -hmm. when I did that gig, it was cool because, like, I wasn't a fan. Like, I am a fan of this comedian, mm -hmm. but I wasn't there as a fan. Yeah. And I told her, I was like, when I did that gig, I realized, like, there's no reason for me to freak out. I'm there because I'm someone, too. Like, I'm there because I'm someone worth having there right mm -hmm. and i never thought of it that way um until i was actually there and it's like i don't need to freak out i don't need to be a fan or anything because i'm someone worth knowing too like why not right mm -hmm. um and i think if more people took that attitude the more opportunities that would actually open up for them because really what's stopping other amazing pianists from being in my exact position literally nothing yeah right what's stopping you from making a hundred thousand dollars a million dollars in a year like it's hard like it's really your own doubts and it's like you it's it all comes down to like your goals and like what you want and like i think the biggest thing that i've learned since starting all this is just like I I deserve a chance the same way everyone else does. And the difference between me and everyone else is I'm going to give myself that chance. So That's so inspiring. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. I I want to empower other musicians. Like it's something that I've been thinking about. Like I would love to like run a workshop. Like people always talk about how like well if we all stop charging so little we'd all actually make a fucking dollar in the scene it's like yeah it's true but like you know we it's something we have to do together um and maybe we need to be our own spokespeople a little bit more yeah definitely like if if i'm competing with someone else for another gig the only way i would be mad is if they didn't charge like enough for themselves and that's happened mm -hmm. a couple times I wasn't even booking a gig for myself. I was booking it for a friend. And 
And then the client was like, oh, this guy said he'd do it for cheaper. And I knew exactly in my head, like, what that price was. Like, I knew. Yeah. I just knew what it was. I didn't have to know the number. I just knew that he had undercut so hard. And I'm like, first of all, you're an idiot. Second, <laughs> you're hurting other people in the scene. And it's kind of it's kind of hard to, like, put that in a tangible way, I guess, to, like, actually see what I'm like. You literally just lost my friend a gig. Yeah. Um, and you know, he goes to school with me. He's a hard worker. Um, and I'm sure you are too, but like, like that, I remember like that being so upsetting and the yeah. guy, the guy that I was trying to book the gig for was like, Oh dude, don't even worry about it. I was furious. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I don't know. I think everyone deserves to be empowered. Um, especially as an artist, because if anything, the pandemic should be showing us that we're important. Yes. Um, it's just, there's always going to be objections. Um, the same way there will be objections and questions in negotiating, there will always be objections and negotiating in people seeing why you're worth what you are. There's always going to be objections in anything. Um, yeah. And like, I think get, uh, having a chance to empower other musicians would be like awesome because it anything's possible. Like if you wanted to, if you wanted to be a full time musician, that doesn't have to mean you're a superstar across the world, right? That right. could mean you're making sixty thousand a year. Like that's like one of my goals to be making a hundred thousand dollars a year and to just like live and exist yeah. and be happy like i don't know like why why isn't that possible it totally is just now i have to figure out how to do that awesome do you have any final thoughts closing remarks for our listeners oh boy i guess if i were to leave with anything i would say it's okay to take a break from stuff um it's okay to be in different places um than other people as long as you make the most out of what it is you're doing you will be okay don't worry about what other people are doing just make the most out of every opportunity that you can get and you will live a rich full life I cannot see myself not having an enriched life, even if I worked an office job, because I would make the most out of that office job. I would make the most out of being a touring musician. I would make the most out of being a stay-at-home dad, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, beauty doesn't have to be just in our dreams. It can be in the there in the mundane and in the everyday. And when you can find that, I think you will be okay. Beautiful. I, I, I'm just aware that like most of our listeners will be artists. Um, and it's totally okay to be where you are and to not be where you are. Like, you know, just make the most out of everything. I agree. Beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing so many wonderful wonderful pieces of advice and information Thank you. that was like so much fun i had never done that before like 
not like this anyways i've done it maybe like one other time but this was just like so much fun i'm super glad to hear and hopefully we can uh give a follow-up let everybody know what you're up to in the future and thank you everybody for tuning in to this episode of natter the zillennial podcast go uh have a good week go pet a puppy or a kitty or a <laughs> rabbit if you have one of those and uh we'll see you next time see ya